Hello, folks. Good evening, and thanks for listening to Take a Right at the Next Left. Hello. I drew the short straw this week, and I'm opening <laughs> up, and I just want to let everybody know that we are not in an undisclosed location buried in Ukraine. No. <laughs> we are in an undisclosed location in... <laughs> Don't say it. Don't better not say it. <laughs> <laughs> Russia's basement. <laughs> Hello, welcome to episode. Oh gosh, we're almost in the nineteen. I, I feel like 19. we're nineteen. 19. Well, I'm nineteen. I've been nineteen a couple times now. I've only been nineteen once. Ha uh-huh. ha. It's good. En- it's good enough for me. What do you mean? You've been nineteen more than once? Yeah. Have you time traveled? Well, no, but I mean, what's nineteen times two or three for that matter? <laughs> 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 so I guess that, so. Okay. <laughs> Math. So long story short, obviously we opened. I opened up with a little crack on on Ukraine and undisclosed locations because uh, as we speak, as of yesterday, Russia has invaded a sovereign bum, bum, nation, uh, bum, the sovereign nation bum, of Ukraine. Bum, 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 bum. I was giving background music for you. No, that's accurate music. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, <clears throat> you know, when <laughs> I had an interesting conversation with my wife on the way home um, from a trip last weekend, and. We were talking about Putin and uh, and his inevitable invasion of Ukraine, and she had made a comment to me along the lines of, "I don't understand. I don't understand how anybody in today's day and age ever like actually just cross borders and ignore, them. like That's actually true. just crosses borders with a bunch yeah. of tanks and soldiers, and invades a nation." That's like, it is kind of crazy to think that that is what's happening right now. You know what I mean? Like they literally are ignoring. The borders and just mm-hmm. going for it. When was the last time something was like invaded like this, though? So, I mean, you could say just a short history lesson. Well, you could say that the United States invaded Iraq in uh, in '03, but I- I'm not sure. I mean, that's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, so, but so I, mean, I, okay. I the U.S. invaded Iraq in '03. I don't think that I would call the um, the incursion into afghanistan uh in 02 i don't think i would call that an invasion because we didn't actually put any troops on the ground you know we used cia money to uh to buy off a whole shit ton of northern uh alliance troops to do our dirty work people are literally crossing borders with tanks and guns and bombs and shit yeah and that's just that's sad yeah and unfortunate for all of those people who are just living their lives and then get blown up. I mean, that's an interesting, <clears throat> that's an interesting thing uh, to compare it to the whole Iraq, U.S. invading Iraq versus Russia invading Ukraine. I hadn't considered that. And well, I was just thinking, like, when was the last time something like this happened? Prior to the U.S. invading Iraq uh, in '03, it would have been Iraq invading Kuwait in '91. Okay. Uh, as far as, you know, major occurrences go. And in that particular case, much like in this case, uh, essentially Saddam Hussein uh, was like, listen, you know, uh, we don't recognize Kuwait mm-hmm. and we're going to and take our tanks and, and we're just going to go in it. and we're going to take it. Yeah. And <clears throat> interestingly enough, at this, you know, one of the, the same, um, one of the same components that is in play in both instances is is oil mm-hmm. and um, Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait Kuwait was the richest oil nation on earth at the time um, 
They had very little defense. We did not have a large presence there when they first went in. We had to make a large presence there. Um, okay. But we went in essentially to protect Kuwait. And we, I want to say that we did it because, so A, Kuwait asked us. We were allies with Kuwait. Okay. Kuwait and the United States had a, uh, a very intermingled oil relationship and banking relationship. So, I mean, we were allies. Um, Saddam Hussein was threatening it. I don't know if we took him seriously or not. But uh, eventually, George W. Bush sent in uh, the 3rd and 4th Infantry Division and mm. kicked the shit out of Saddam Hussein. And, yeah, well, you know, one of the <clears throat> things that they did wrong there was they pushed uh, Hussein back over the border into Iraq and never dealt with him. And that was a mistake that came back to bite us. Right, um, right. You know, later. many times later, but even into 2003. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do believe in fact that in 2003 when we invaded Iraq, that both the U.S. intelligence services and the uh, European intelligence services, particularly uh, U UK and England, uh, had tons of documentation and tons of suspect information that he was in fact harboring weapons of mass destruction and yeah. you know knowing what i know and reading what i've read i could tell you that george w bush thought that he was a threat and most of the world thought he was a threat and when the united states went into iraq it was a coalition force made up of over 20 nations it was not a sovereign imperialistic takeover Mm. And if you recall, so not like done, done, da, 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 not like that. No, not like the Imperial March at all. No, okay. Uh, and w and if you recall, you, and you may you may not, um, when we did go into Probably Iraq don't. and we took over the capital, the statues <laughs> of uh, Saddam Hussein were toppled over and pulled down by his own citizens. He was a Ooh. brutal ass dictator. Uh, he wasn't loved at all. You cannot say that about Putin and Russia. He is loved. Yeah, they love that guy. They love him. Uh, as they, scary they respect as he him. is. And as far as the, the Russian people are concerned, Putin is their, their big daddy <laughs> and protects them. And, you know, he Putin is, daddy. Daddy Putin. Putin. Daddy. And, and Putin <laughs> has talked about putting back, um, you know, in Russia, he talks about putting back the Russian Empire on a fairly regular basis. And I always find it interesting that people don't believe, you know, tyrants when they say they're going to do certain things. You know, Hitler said that he was going to invade Europe. Hitler said that he was going to make, um, you know, the Aryan race masterful. Right, right. He, he said all this. He things. did. He, wrote he, it down. he laid it all out. He laid it all out. He's like, I'm going to invade them at this time. And everyone's like, eh. Mm -hmm. eh. Nobody does that Nobody, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're in the what? When was that? That was in the 18th was century. No, no, it was 1938 yeah. that he invaded. Oh, so that's uh, a 20. That World War II started essentially. Whatever. I so. think he came to power in 35 or 36. Yeah. And and he came to power in a three-way race that he did not have a. a he had a. Uh, I want to say he had a plurality, but he didn't have a majority. So interestingly enough, Hitler came to power without a majority of the vote. Um. How Screw Putin came to power? That's, you know, I don't know enough Daddy about Putin. how Daddy Putin came to power. He looks like Voldemort. He does look like Voldemort. Genuinely. 
And I don't really interact with anything Harry Potter. No. He looks creepy and scary, and his eyes look hollow. And he pretty much shouldn't have a nose, even though he does, but he shouldn't because he looks Interestingly just like Voldemort. enough, he clearly <laughs> fits into one of the two categories of psychopath or sociopath. Ooh. That, that and we what, what's your conclusion? Psychopath or sociopath? Sociopath. Oh, gee. Since I don't know anything about his childhood, I. I don't know. You just have to assume. It's hard psychopath? to say. I can only under. <laughs> I, I can only observe um, his lack of empathy, um, and suggest that he is. Yeah. He is one or the other. So hmm. you know, that as, all, be, that as might all be tyrants, all tyrants are in some way, shape, or form psycho, psycho, psychopathic or sociopathic. Mm. You know, the first being, as we discussed earlier, a born uh, condition. And sociopath being a learned condition, but yeah, one's that, that's for a whole nother. Yeah, sociopaths are man-made, but that's for a whole nother show. Yeah. Anyway, um, we don't know how Putin came to power. But it's it's kind of sad to think that in a in a modern day and age, you know, like my wife said, she doesn't understand how could this be. I I generally don't understand either. I think so like, you're so you're so far along and it's going fine. Why fuck it up? Why fuck it up? You know what I mean? Like, why is Russia going in and starting drama for no reason? Right. So I'm going to give you what my uh, take is on it. And it's an opinion, of course. But Oh, please. Please do. I think that the thing to remember is that these people have, these kinds of people have always been here. Mm. History has never been without right. power-hungry They're dictators just and warlords. Right. Sometimes they have power. Sometimes they don't. And I think if you look back at um, if you look at the history of commentary between the left side of the aisle and the right side of the aisle, you know, people on the right have been warning about China and Russia for, for decades now. Yeah, and, especially I mean, China. You go back to uh, Mitt Romney's um, Mitt Romney and Barack Obama had a um, had a, uh, a debate where mm. Mitt Romney suggested that Russia was. Um, you know, the the premier enemy in the world. And Obama made a comment, you know, the 80s called and they want their they want their president back. Uh, something to that effect, which was, which you know, I a get. personal dig. Which well, I clearly, also get because because it's like it's hard to think about. You know, so clearly one individual, still. one individual understood Obama understood that people don't think that way. And people think that this is never going to happen. And he capitalized on that. And Romney. Well, because it doesn't seem like it's not. It doesn't seem like it's going to. Like it's 2022. Right. You know what I mean, vapes. like that's the shit that you read that you would read about in history books and be like, oh, that happened forever ago when people were crazy. <laughs> we're still freaking crazy. Right. So I think. But if you look at it, so even as far, um, you know, what uh, when did Barack uh, come into office? Was 2009? it 2009? No. He was done so Bush in... won in 2000. Okay, 08. So, oh, wait, uh, yeah. Obama was president 08 to 016. Yes, I so, was in middle school. I mean, even as far back as that debate would have taken place in twenty in 2008, I think, as McCain mm-hmm. ran in 12. So even as far back as 2008, which was, oh, my Lord, that's... Uh, over 10 what, years ago. Over a decade ago. You know, oh, my God. 12 years ago. Oh, my God. 13 years ago. Wait a minute. I can't. 14. Don't even look <laughs> so, at me with a math question. That's not going to happen. The <laughs> uh, point is, is that, you know, somewhere between 10 and 14 years ago, uh, we had people that are actually suggesting that Russia was a major enemy and that they should be dealt with, you know, differently than what we had been doing. And 
I, I personally think that what we have been doing as a nation for many decades is just going along to get along for the sake of, um, and this only pertains to Russia. There's other nations, you know, in the Middle East where it's much easier for the U.S. to project power and to affect, uh, you know, one way or the other, positive or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier for the U.S. to affect regions in the Middle East where they don't have a, a global military and power um, and power structure the way that Russia has. Right, right, right. So clearly we're not going to do anything about Russia. But that said, I think it's interesting that that this is happening now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for months now, Putin has been um, amassing soldiers on the border, amassing equipment. And I would have to say that if I'm in the intelligence com- community, months ago, they had to know that this was happening. So this was clearly something that Putin so has why? been wanting but to why? do under um, under a favorable conditions, because that's what you do. And he saw uh, Joe Biden as the most favorable condition he could have ever be handed. So why does but why does what does Joe Biden have to do with him invading Ukraine? That's what that's what just makes me like. I don't get that. So like I don't uh, get what really we. So have Russia to do and Ukraine is kind of like China and Taiwan. Russia believes that Ukraine is part of Russia and has always been part of Russia. And just because it broke off back in ninety three, it doesn't mean it's not part of Russia. And that's what mm. Putin thinks, and that's his sales pitch, um, okay. and it's popular with the people. And uh, so he's using that backbone to be like, let's absolutely. take it back. Yeah, we're going to take it back. We're going to rebuild the Russian Empire. So Russia's already huge. Let's take this tiny ass little Ukraine and suddenly we're going to become more powerful. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Ukraine apparently has a shit ton of natural resources. Uh, OK. M- rare earth minerals, uh, natural gas deposits, uh, gold deposits. Do they have oil? You know, I don't know. Mm. I don't okay. know. I hate to pull, just pull shit out of thin air. No, no, no. But, that's okay. But if you look at, um, you know, they supply like, you know, in the top third of so many natural resource categories to Europe. They're first, second, okay. and third in all kinds so of. So they're valuable. They're valuable. And, you know, they, Ukraine's not small. It's almost, you know, 40% of the entire european nations as we think of it as far as landmass goes so it's a it's not a small little speck and you know your question about where biden comes into it i'm going to yeah, tell you I why know where he comes you know in. we we had this foreign policy conversation um last time last time and i, I brought we up the touched whole, on the it. big stick theory right yeah. so <laughs> immediately after um after biden's uh taking of office we had the Afghanistan shit show. Yes. Okay, you recall that? I do recall. We left Afghanistan a mess. Right. We abandoned our allies. We abandoned our airfield. We abandoned any uh, any influential component to our have ever been there. We have no influence now um, at all. Where even if we had left something an airfield, a, a, a base, mm-hmm. we would have influence over uh, over things going on. And the way that Biden left Afghanistan, I feel, was just such a horror show. It was one of the worst stains in American history, you know, to watch videos of people hanging on to our cargo planes 
dropping from the sky at hundreds of feet to their death. That was sad. It's just sad. It is sad. And and here's the thing. We know now that even, um, you know, months later, there are still Americans that are trapped there, that our State Department has ignored the request to get out, that are essentially being subjected to um, subjected to torture. There are our allies, our Afghan allies, who helped us out when we needed them, interpreters and such, and informants and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um the Taliban has has decapitated, dragged their bodies through the street, cru- so cruci- crucified them and hung them. And we have done nothing about it. So when that when those kinds of things happen and you don't do anything about it, you show no interest, no backbone, no spine. You simply walk away. That sends a signal. It sends a signal that you are not interested. You are not willing to sacrifice anything for what is right. Um, and, and that's the way I see it. And I think that mm. I think that Joe Biden has, you know, you say what you want about uh, T.R. Ump, um, <laughs> the late T.R. Ump. T.R. Ump. Yeah, that's I like. I I believe it's spelled D.U.M.P. No, we're gonna I, I, T.R. T.R. Ump. So <clears throat> D. You know, say what you want. Um, his foreign policies were anything but failures um you could debate whether or not they were successful or failures but you can't debate the fact that you know they're so biden just walking away from all this stuff just put out a bad message is what you're saying yeah yeah and so so what does that have to do with russia so if you're russia and you want to invade ukraine and you've wanted to invade ukraine for years you even started back when george w bush was in office when they took over uh crimea um from georgia and you know, we didn't do anything. There's no pushback. There's an argument that we have no interest there. Right. And and that's, if that's your argument, then fine. So are we peaceful with Ukraine? Oh, yeah. Like we're, we're chill? Oh, yeah. Under the Trump administration, we were sending uh, what's known as lethal aid. You know, But has Biden guns, done weapons, anything to systems. screw with Ukraine? Like, has he done anything to been like, ah, fuck you, Ukraine? Right. Well, we stopped sending them weapons. Okay, but that okay. So that sends a signal. Let's take a look at just that one fact. Let's take a look so at the fact he, that so under he Trump, stopped sending weapons to lethal, the Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine l- lethal aid. Um, why do they need lethal aid for Russia? So that way Russia. Well, maybe because people in the intelligence community were actually telling our politicians that hey, someday Russia's going to invade Ukraine unless we beef them up. Now. And we want Ukraine to be okay. Well, we sure as hell don't want Russia to expand its territory and, uh, you know, take over yet another uh, large chunk of the energy supply for Europe and the world. Mm. Okay. So now, now the piece, of the now the picture's coming together. Which brings us into the whole oil thing, you know, and you can't separate the whole oil from war thing. You go back and you look at, um, I recall very clearly when, when W was in office, you know, the bumper stickers all over everybody's car was no no war for oil. Mm. And uh, I remember. No war for oil. And what was the other one that was good? Uh, war is not the answer. It's not. War. Huh. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again, y'all. War. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Musical intro. Couldn't stop. So, 
<laughs> you know, I, those were the famous bumper stickers of the time. And I think that when you really take a, when you really analyze a bumper sticker like war is not the answer, how naive do you have to be to not contemplate the idea that perhaps your enemy thinks it is? Mm. You know, it, it's nice to say war is not the answer. I see. Unless your enemy thinks it is. Well, unless you're Russia and you're crazy. Right? Well, I get regardless. That. I get that. So I'm all in favor of not going to war. No, I nobody. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants to. Nobody wants to go nobody to war. Nobody wants to go to war. Well, Putin does. Well, yeah, because Putin's fucking crazy. Daddy Putin's weird. Daddy Putin's crazy. He's Voldemort. <laughs> but I, I think <laughs> there's a huge chunk of the... Uh, of the U.S. population, in fact, probably a huge chunk of the world that falls into that category of, you know, war is not the answer. Uh, it's a pacifist mentality that essentially lives on on the conditions of today. Have you seen so today the, I get the, up the Twitter thing about that about everyone freaking out on Twitter, being like, the U.S. is gonna we're gonna start drafting us and da da da. Like everybody on Twitter was like. Yeah, that would all be the, interesting. I would be completely against that. But Democrats are fucking really, really good, historically speaking, at drafting people into doing things they don't want to do. I just don't, I just don't know how that... Because uh, men have to legally agree to the draft now, oh, still. Once you sign, say, once you sign your uh, your 18-year-old so you uh, selective you, service card... I feel, like, I feel like it should like be... I know this is a totally different topic, but it, the girls should have to do that, too, because it just feels wrong. Yeah, I got no problem with that. Yeah, I don't either abolish it completely or both do it. I mean, I've never had an issue with females uh, in the military. No, I, I just, I, I'm not a huge fan. So of everyone females on Twitter, combat. but everybody on Twitter was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to. They were all like, now? I yeah, well, they were all like, oh, well, I take antidepressants. So the army's not going to want me <laughs> for the draft. And okay. I was like, I was like, uh, well, no, but okay. I don't think that the draft's going to really come into play. We have more than enough people, I feel, already in the army. It would be shit. interesting because I think, you know, if we did uh, enact a draft, it would be one of the only times that I can think of where the support for such a thing would be you know, n non-existent. Right. I don't think anybody would be like, yeah. yes, it's one the draft thing, is it's the one only thing, way. Yeah, I, it, like, it, really? It's one thing to draft uh, U.S. soldiers, you know, when the world is being, you know, and when your allies, when your ancestors, you know, the mm -hmm. England, France, when those, and Poland, when those places are being invaded, that's one thing. I don't know that there's enough public support, you know, to... No. Um, to go down to the recruiting office and be like, no. yeah, man, I love Ukraine so much. I can't wait to go over there and fight. No, I just I just can't see them doing. I just really don't see how they could do a draft in the first place. Still, I feel like nobody like you said, I feel like nobody would support it and it really wouldn't get anywhere. No, successfully. No. I know that's kind of off topic, but I we was can just, never, it was yeah, it people is, were talking about it on Twitter with the whole like war. Huh? And they were all like, oh, they, we're going to get drafted and go to Ukraine. And I'm like, I don't know. going to happen. You freaking imbeciles. <coughs> Excuse me. Dirty little secret. Politicians never do anything collectively that is extraordinarily unpopular. So, <laughs> you know, it's easy to enact a draft okay. during World War Two. Um or, or, or even the way Vietnam was spun, it's far easier to do that than to do it for, oh, 
I didn't even know Ukraine <laughs> three months ago, and now you want yeah, me to right. go to war? Yeah, you yeah that's go- not going to fly. <laughs> you want me to go over there and fight? Against Putin? Also, Fuck, not going to no. lie, if if, the, if I got drafted, can you imagine me? I would be so pathetic. I just... I, and Genuinely, I don't have the, I don't have that kind of... Like... <laughs> I, hate, I hate to be comic relief here, but I mean, think about it. Did, who wants to get drafted to go to war with Russia? I mean, nobody wins no, in Russia. No, no. I mean, at least wanna... Germany has a history of losing. Right. Italy has a history of losing. Russia's France like... has a history of losing. Putin's Fuck a really it. Let's, go to, let's go to war with those guys. They always lose. Nobody wants to go to war with Russia. No. Everybody dies in exactly. Russia. Exactly. So it's like you you draft all these people. Like, can you imagine? Napoleon thought he was going to invade who Russia. Would get dra- <laughs> who would get that drafted now? No. Like, so, I, that's fucking crazy. Anyway, I know it's a little off topic, but Twitter was blowing up about it. I thought it was funny. But at the same time, there are reasons to care, right? So Russia supplies Europe with half of its energy, 50% right, right. Of, its, of its oil and natural gas. So you are now looking at a nation that controls half the energy to a uh, economic, one of the economic power regions of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and they have them by the testes uh, because... <laughs> Because the dirty little secret that nobody ever wants to consider is the fact that oil and energy do, in fact, um, are the key to a successful yeah, economy. Yeah, because it's the key to land. Like, that's why people want land, is because they no. want resources. Well, yeah, that may be the case. But energy is the key to economic prosperity. Right. And Rat, rat. I don't care what you say. At the end of the day, it is economically... Um, it is it is a strategic ec- economic goal to want to maintain a stable flow of oil and natural gas to and from various nations. So when that whenever that supply is threatened, it it's the interest of of multiple nations to protect it. To protect it, you know. I get that. Even though you know oil equals bad, I I, I get it's the it's one of the only things that we use now. To power our cars, to do our jets and sh- shit like that. Like I get, I get why oil is important and why you would want to protect it. Wow, I didn't see that coming. So, whoa! I it's bad for the, it's horrible for the environment. It's horrible. Is it no? It is. Okay. Everybody knows that, but it's mm-hmm. just like it, like it's gonna take years and for, to convert. To not oil. So right now, oil is, you know, has so, a price tag. So at the risk of of you know having a complete ADD moment, and I don't I don't want to get totally into the environmentalist conversation. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, because I think there's a good conversation there. But let's take a look at example. One one of the first things that Biden did when he got into office was shut down the uh, the Keystone pipeline. Uh, goes through South Dakota. Blah blah blah. Wasn't so, that a good thing? <clears throat> no. No, it wasn't. Oh, I thought it was. Well, you would think it was because <laughs> when all you listen to or all you, if your world consists of of leftist information oh event, uh, outlets, then you would think that, you know, the merry band of misfits that chain themselves to the pipeline and put up teepees and claim that the Keystone Pipeline was destroying the Indians. Um, OK, but wasn't it? No, it was destroying no, that land and no, shit. no. The Indians wanted those jobs. Always a dirty little secret that people kind of like going to work and getting paid. Well, at any rate, okay. So, so, so Biden comes <laughs> into office and he shuts this pipeline down. Hooray! And uh, oh my god! So <laughs> one hooray, one oh my god! <laughs> here's a pipeline that that was um, 
that was set to provide somewhere around 800,000 barrels of uh, product a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but the fact of the matter is, is that under TR Ump, we actually, for the first time in decades, we were ex- we were exporting more oil than we were importing. In 2018, we were importing, uh, we were exporting, I'm sorry, a, a massive amount of oil and natural gas. And that all of that exportation, it does a lot of things. It's not just about making oil companies rich, right? And poisoning the earth. It's about economic freedom and it's about global stability. And it's also about national security because... When your enemies are in the oil business, uh, not depending on them is a national security issue. And we went from exporting more oil than we uh, imported to now importing somewhere around 250,000 barrels a day from Russia. 250,000 barrels a day from Russia where where we shut down a pipeline that would have provided 800,000 barrels a day. I think it's like 850. Uh, but don't they want to get rid of oil? So here's the thing. So the same Why guy... Why don't we invest that money into like something else? Well, like as, soon as, as soon as you're ready to fly paper airplanes, <laughs> um, you, you do that. I mean... Uh, but that's so that's the thing, right? Like I definitely so want to evolve from oil, but it's like right now we. So need I, I'm laying it. I'm it's laying out the facts. Fact soon. of the matter is, the guy gets in office, he shuts down American pipelines, and at the same time gives um, approvals for Russian pipelines into Europe. Approvals that Trump, that T.R. Ump had held up, and uh, you know I think what's it Nord Nord Nordstrom two hell it's not nordstrom jesus christ uh, <laughs> nordstrom <laughs> a clothing store <laughs> hey it's high end uh so at, at any rate this you know he he gives biden gives permission um and bl- gives his blessing to russian pipelines that were stalled and thus gives them the upper hand the upper strategic hand in so many ways Russia um, gets more than half. Uh, I think it's in the six, upper 60 percentile. Their entire economy is based around oil and natural gas and importing it to Europe. And when the price of oil gets up high enough, Russia makes a shit ton of money by doing this. However, their, their profit break point on per barrel of oil is far higher than, a lot, than the Middle East by a lot. Um, the Middle East, the OPEC nations really only need oil to be somewhere in the $30 range to to make a profit um, just because of, of a lack of environmental laws, a, a, an ease of production and an abundance of supply. So mm. you marry that together and, and they need about $30 a barrel to break uh, to break even. In America, we need somewhere around $50, $55 a barrel to uh make american oil companies profitable right okay and and russia has a much higher cost of production it's it's in the 70s uh i, I think it may even be as high as 80 dollars a barrel in order to become oh, bigger profitable. The barrels oh that's a good question i forget how many gallons it is um <laughs> i do know where the history came from because <laughs> the oil used to be shipped around in blue barrels mm. uh, 
That was that was John D. So Rockefeller's like? deal. But uh, like a hundred thousand gallons? No, no, a barrel is like uh, thirty-eight gallons or. That's it. If we had a fact checker here for that, one you know, barrel, yeah, thirty-eight gallons, ish. It's in the forty-gallon range. That's like two trucks. So, a complete side note. So, the term barrel, the measurement for barrel of oil, um, when John D. Rockefeller uh, first started, you know, mass-producing kerosene, and literally the the whole country was um the whole country was addicted i don't want to say addicted it's not the right word but they were <laughs> dependent on okay. on kerosene they were growing dependent on kerosene it, it just they used it for everything they used it for light they used it for heat um and standard oil which who, that which was started by john john d rockefeller <laughs> later broken up for the world's greatest payoff but and anyway so <laughs> And uh, he started shipping it in these these blue barrels over rail car, and that's where the barrel of oil barrel oil came from. Right? There's a barrel of oil, thirty eight gallons. But the fact of the matter barrel. is, is when when the United States is strong in the energy market, our enemies are not. Okay, uh, the Middle East countries, Iraq, Iran. Um, even Saudi Arabia, who I consider an enemy, um, these nations, they have to come actually talking to us instead of us going to them and begging them to produce oil. Mm. So even before this invasion of Ukraine, you could see the effects of these decisions because we went from having oil that was in the, the dollar fifty a gallon range to oil that's now or to gasoline that's almost four dollars a gallon that is yeah. because Three, four that gallons. is because we now have an administration that is anti-oil and anti-energy production that is a fact and okay. you know, everybody's oh no, no no yeah no save it okay when you shut down american energy uh avenues and you open up energy avenues in foreign countries you are opposed to u.s energy production period and you can't cover it up. I want to know and why, why America doesn't want their name on the oil. Because they don't support oil? They don't support well, that kind of fossil fuel or the fracking and shit? Or is it because... Oh, it's completely political. I mean, his, his entire... But political how? Well, Biden's entire base uh, is, you know, environmentalist whack jobs. They're all in his, you know, that's what they live for. So what is he investing in for the alternative? Nothing. That's dumb. It is dumb. I mean, like, I get being an environmentalist. Cool. Yeah, get rid of the oil. What are you going to use to replace it? What are you going to find in ample time to replace the oil that's going to make the cars go? The answer is nothing. Well, that so, I mean, the answer is, like, other things can. It's just the amount of time it's going to take to implement that. Wow. Spoken like I can't, like it came out of my own mind. But, I mean, seriously, I mean. No, like, it's true. It, and so I've said technology, that before. Technology you know? is our cure to energy dependence. Right. Um. Like it, but like it's gonna take time to actually. Up. Yeah, it doesn't just show up. It has to get built. It has to and, get, you know, and tested and the all interesting that things shit. are we've already, you know, we've been in the wind energy industry for decades now. We've been in the Woo! solar industry for uh, hydropower uh, for decades. Solar power. <laughs> we'll talk about hydropower. Wind so, power. No, we are out of the hydropower business. Why? The, the best, the cheapest, cleanest. Um, 
way to produce energy we're out of because Why? people don't want dams on their rivers. It's going to kill the fish, kill the birds, move the silt around. I don't know. Everywhere I've ever seen it's a dam. It's 2022. We everywhere can't I've ever seen a dam, there's still fucking fish. Also, I'm sorry. It's 2022. I there's feel still like fish. you should just revisit that and so, like so, figure it out. So that's there a question so I'm going to ask you. Mm. So your your friends on your side of the aisle are anti-pipeline, anti-dams, anti-nuclear energy, right? We don't want nobody wants any of those things on the left. And yet, you know, the replacement is wind and solar, okay. which if you look at the math, it's not even close to replacing. It can't do it. Solar power can. No. It Electricity, yeah. People but when people get their yeah, solar panels do. on their house, the but, electricity company pays them sometimes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put solar panels on my house because the stupid-ass government is paying somebody to do it. And since I'm getting raped on taxes, I'm just going to take advantage of it. That's okay. it. So, but 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 solar, you realize it's it's completely inefficient. It is an inefficient way to produce electricity. And what a lot it's of people... It's because don't, of the building of the solar panels, right? Well, it's not just, the, it's just to... not the manufacturing of the solar panels, but... If you look at the footprint of a solar farm compared to a power plant and look at the production output, it's insane. You're talking like uh, less than 10 percent, um, less than 10 percent of the same power on the same footprint can be produced by solar panels than can be, a gen- uh, you know, a power plant that's powered by natural gas or something else. Hmm. Interesting. Not to mention the fact that. You know, no, nobody, nobody asks where solar panels come from, and nobody asks where batteries come from for battery-operated cars. And that, and, and I, nobody I took asks, a class on solar panels. And nobody and they're asks, really hard to get rid of, and they burn out. When they burn they out, the problem is replacing them and getting rid of them is a huge pain in the fucking ass because nobody, like the technology, just isn't totally there yet. Right. So you know, solar works in like very few places. Is it cost-effective? and even uh, environmentally effective mm-hmm. to go solar. It's mm-hmm. a great thing if you live in the woods and there's no grid and you want to build a house on top of a mountain yeah. and you need power, fine. Put up a solar array. So what's... Have so, at it. And wind's out too? Why? Why is wind out? Do you, so, <laughs> do you have any idea of how much energy it takes to to produce a uh, a, a windmill? Was it worth it in the end? No. It's not. No, it's not. Hmm. It's hundreds of thousands of uh, tons of coal. So then why do we do to it? To produce the energy, to produce the components for these large windmills. I feel uh, like it, there it has to be... It is a net be... negative. They have to run longer than they can to cover just the environmental impact of what it took to produce it. Nobody talks about the mining that's involved in order to produce the parts for, for windmills. Nobody talks about how much energy it takes to uh, uh, to transform those minerals into something useful. And at the end of the day, it it's underwater on the efficiency mm. scale. When I took my that energy class that I was just talking about, the class I think we all came to the conclusion that hydropower would have been hydropower is the way to go. The way to go, but Hot the problem is, is that they can't, like you said, don't have the technology to like make sure the animals are okay. 
And yeah, that but, I feel but like it's a complete it's a, lie. Yeah, because I feel like lie. it's 2022. You're telling me that there isn't some kind of fucking supplements you could put in the water. There isn't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Well, there's actually a really cool technologies around dams, fish ladders, and stuff revisit. like that that are just so damn. Yeah, we need I to agree. revisit that. It's so damn amazing. It's so damn amazing. Nah, hydropower is the way to go. I totally agree with you. Wow. And I, but, I'm but, so happy. but I that sleep being so said, much better at night but, <laughs> but that being said, I would love to look more into hydropower and look at the, the so, gain so and as, whatever. As a dude that like likes cool shit, um, dams just impress the hell out of me, and I can't drive by one without like get you know hanging out the window like a dog. <laughs> look at that, damn, 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 that's cool. <laughs> you know, every car that drives by is yeah. going. Damn. Right. So, you know, <laughs> here in Connecticut, we have the Stevenson Dam. Out in uh, uh, out in uh, Nevada, we have uh, Hoover Dam. And we have uh, uh, huge uh, power plants on Niagara River in New York. It's all hydropower. They don't have a dam there, but they use natural geography to, to move the water around. And in all these cases, there's plenty of fish. There's plenty of birds. There's no dead deer what, on the side the of the river. What is the fish that they're worried about? What what I don't know. Fish are they worried about? I don't know. Are they worried about salmon. Are they worried about? I I I I, I guess don't it depends know. on the environment. Too. I've never mm-hmm. seen um, every most of the rivers in America have dams of some sort or another, and I have yet there there is nothing that suggests that wildlife or fish life or aquatic life are um, endangered from it. Granted, you if you stop a river for a year to build a dam, yeah, uh, that's going to cause. I'm not going to suggest. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's no environmental impact, right? But you know what environments do really, really good. They come back. They come back. They're really good at it. No, it's true. You know, and the the same people that are bitching about pipelines like Keystone, um, ha- have you seen pictures of the Alaskan pipeline? Okay, so it leaves Prudhoe uh, Bay in Alaska and comes down our, our entire west coast. Um, it's the longest pipeline in the world. And it's just like, you know, uh, a wildlife playground. There's no there's no dead there's no dead elk. There's no dead dead deer. Uh there's no lack of wildlife around this pipeline. Mm, I'd love to look Nothing. into that. In fact, the pipeline actually produces a, a certain amount of heat. And increased vegetation around it just because it's like the warmest spot in the middle of cold. And animals have come to really like it. Hmm. Animals have come to to really like the fact that grass grows a month sooner under the pipeline and dies a month later under the pipeline. And who knew? You know, (laughs) who knew? I'm not saying I, I understand it or, you know, I have a degree in, uh, in uh biology or anything but who knew that eagles are really really happy putting nests on top of telephone poles Hmm. and osprey love putting nests on top of telephone poles who knew i don't know i'm not suggesting that we go out and run you know put up telephone poles to you know increase the eagle population but at the same time i am suggesting that life you know to, to quote Jeff Goldblum, life does find a way. We, and, yeah, and, and we, we have destroyed don't... very little in these um, 
you know, in these endeavors to find energy solutions. Well, see that that we've destroyed a lot. So, let me ask you a question. We've destroyed a lot. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All things being equal, we have a uh uh we have an oil well. Russia has an oil well. Okay. Who do you think is a better steward of the environment when they build these oil wells? When they drill. Who do you think is a better steward? Like like better all around? Yeah. Who takes care of uh who is more environmentally conscious? Who puts more effort into um, making sure they don't make a mess and fuck it all up? I feel like I know what you're hinting at, but I also like Putin's a jerk and he doesn't care. So I don't think that maybe maybe America takes better care of it. Yeah, yeah of course, America takes better care. Uh, and, and China's <laughs> even worse. China's even worse than Russia. There's no uh, emission standards on factories and power plants and stuff like that in China. They don't care. All they care me. about, all they care about, is chugging along the economic train, and you know, I, I, I get they're that. They're cogs in the machine. But Pink Floyd. What I, what I can't get is, you know, we we have American environmentalists who shut down this pipeline. You know, don't build this dam. Don't build a nuclear power plant here. There has not been a new nuclear power plant since 1973. Mm. Do you believe that? There has not been a new nuclear license granted since 1973. Yeah, that makes sense. So we are uh, we're restricting the production of energy for the sake of the environment, while at the same time we are importing oil from people who don't give a shit about the environment, right? So... Instead yeah, of producing energy, instead of producing energy uh, in a way that's, you know, managed around the environment, we are buying energy from places who could give two fucks about the environment. And then we're putting it in giant tankers and we're using fuel to move it from there to here. This is very interesting information. So, you know, I'm taking in where's the environmental savings? There's no environmental savings. And I think that's what conservatives have been talking about, you know, trying to get the point across for years. But when, um, you know, when the media and Democrat politicians get out there and they say that, oh, pipeline's going to destroy the, you know, the Indian reservations in South Dakota, it's a fucking lie. That is bullshit. I'd like to look into that. It's complete bullshit. I'm not saying that there's not... uh, you know, you do what you can to take all of the factors into mitigation. Okay, we need to run a pipeline over Indian Reservation. Then you need to bring the Indians to the table to mitigate that. You're going to run a pipeline through farms, then you need to bring farmers to the table and have that conversation. Right, you got to talk about it. I, I know that that doesn't happen in Russia. They just fucking plow shit over. And it doesn't right, happen they in don't China. Give a fuck in they don't They just plow shit over. So in America, not only... Are we better stewards of the environment? We can produce it cleaner. We can produce it with with less environmental impact. We can actually make sure that it's built and run by people with standards. And we have a say in it. And we're going to shut that down. And we're going to approve pipelines and production 
in countries who have been talking about invading sovereign nations now for over a for decades. Hmm. Is that how is that how you manage your national is that interest? The solution to the problem? No. No. It's very interesting. If we had not shut down Keystone Pipeline at the very beginning of, of this administration, uh, had we not had a president that completely bent over for their environmental base and their environmental donations, we would we would be we would still be exporting more energy than we import, mm. and the prices of gasoline would be down, the prices of oil would be down, the prices of electricity would be down. These are all things that affect us right here, right now. You you can't pull into a gas station and not comprehend the fact that you're paying almost $4 a gallon. That has an economic impact. And you can't mm-hmm. blame, you know, every time this happens, I mean, the last time this happened under Obama, it was the oil company's fault. It wasn't because we stopped production or or cut back on federal uh, land leases for oil production and fracking. No, that that wasn't the reason why it went to $4 a gallon. It's right. because the big oil companies just want to make more money. That's a that's a load of shit. That's a load of, that's a complete lie. Really? Yes, ma'am. That is a complete lie. So, mm-hmm. we do these things. Markets do what markets do. The the price per barrel of oil goes up. Russia makes shit tons of money. They are in an economic place where they can afford to go to war. To go to war. To go into the Ukraine. Where, there's, where they don't have to worry about the consequences of it. Mm. And at the same time, Europe and us to an extent are dependent on an enemy nation who's willing to just tank roll over their enemies. We're depending on that nation for energy supply. Hmm. Hmm. Biden's Secretary of Energy literally requested OPEC to increase production to mitigate gas to, to, to mitigate oil prices. So when you have to go to your enemies and ask mm-hmm. them to produce more because your donors don't want you to produce it here. That's fucking evil. All of this war into Ukraine mm. was completely preventable. Completely preventable. And some, somehow it just it circles back to us. Well, yeah. Because now, you know, we have we have a nation that was, I don't want to use the word, containment, pro- contained is probably a fair word, you know, but... We had an, we had something to negotiate with at the table. We can manipulate world oil prices via our own production and have some leverage at the table. We gave that up. We gave it up just like we gave it up in Afghanistan. You have no leverage. You have no conversation. You have no input. These tyrants are free to do whatever they do. And it's not like the guy didn't say he wanted Ukraine back. He has said it for for years and the idea that people just suddenly become uh you know benevolent it's just ridiculous and history shows us this prior to hitler's invasion of poland neville chamberlain the prime minister of england 
was a complete pacifist and was selling the idea that Germany could be dealt with diplomatically. We know it wasn't going to happen that way. He said it. Right. It wasn't a surprise, you know, and everybody thought Churchill was fucking nuts for, you know, saying that we need to take a, a harder stance against Germany. That I'm sorry. The fact of the matter is, is that when you are weak, uh, w- when nations around you are weak, you invite aggression. That's what history shows. I don't like it. I, I, I'm with you. It shouldn't be something we see in 22. Right, it shouldn't. But we've seen it for 30,000 years. It's not going to change just because some minds in America uh, just believe that the world is some different place. Right, Russia doesn't give a fuck what we think. They don't give a fuck. Right. And to go to circle back all the way back to the beginning of my uh, conversation where my wife asked me, you know, how can this happen in 2022? The answer is, is because there are people out there, a lot of, of people out there that do not have the luxury to think the way we do. Right, the moral compass. There. They don't have. Right. It is simply a different method of thought. In the Middle East, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, the, the nations are run by warlords. They are lords by their aggressive use of force, by right. beating up women and children, taking over villages, running people into the ground. That is how they stay in power out of fear. That is not a new concept. It's been around for thousands of years. And the idea that just because we don't think that way, that right. we there should. There are people out there that There will are people think that, that do. Way. It's like the sticker on the car. War is not the answer until, you're in, until your enemy thinks it is. Well, yeah, exactly. It's. We can believe what we want that war is not what we want, what we want to do, what we as a nation want to do. But like you said, the enemy don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. Not at all. And they will come for whoever. So if, let's say, the Russians, like, take Ukraine, mm-hmm. right? What does that spell for us that Russia's an asshole and they took Ukraine and they well, have all these resources now? Like all things all with global bad. conflict, it's not just what you see on the surface. I mean, on the well, surface, yeah. you, you let somebody who is pretty much an ally just go. Mm-hmm. You didn't fight for him. You didn't stick up to anybody. Uh, none of the other nations of Europe uh, are, are apparently going to militarily step in. I, I don't blame them. The time to step in and to... Uh, and to wave your wand is when you have leverage at the table right Mm -hmm. after the fact once it's once a nation or or putin in this case has decided that you know i can get away with this and this is what i want there's nothing stopping him so you know i i don't i don't know what happens i could tell you this Mm. um no bueno you know you say what's our interest well you, you look at the price of fuel of oil through the roof, you look at uh, the value of stocks in the tank. Uh, you look at the price of natural gas through the roof. You look at global stability, and it's not stable. Instability, it's very difficult to to accomplish anything, to produce anything in an unstable environment. Security and freedom is what provides 
the, the necessary conditions for prosperity. You have to be able to know that you're going to go to work without getting bombed. And, and you have to know that people aren't going to take your money. And you have to know that the lights are going to come on and off. And and we take that for granted. Like, um, Yeah, we really do. We do. But we these, take a lot of the shit we do. But these things, these things matter. And I think you take a look at Ukraine and what Russia's doing. And you walk away. You, you should walk away thinking to yourself, wow, if, if this can happen there, where else can it happen? And how bad does it have to get here until we no longer have leverage with anyone? Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Scary thought. All oil in all the world. Most people don't know this. All the oil in all the world is traded in U.S. dollars. Okay. Okay. It's one of the things that really gives our dollar more value than it actually has. Because inside of America, you can you can you can produce dollars and as long as you keep the dollars in America, it doesn't affect the value of dollars outside of America. But once you start getting those dollars mixed into an economy where those dollars are being used to trade energy across the globe, well then when you get to a then point, the value of the dollar, then the value up. of the dollar right. goes down. You start to see inflation the way we have now. Oh, the value uh, of the dollar goes down. And the value of the dollar goes down. Imagine a world where, I don't know, we trade oil in rubles, mm. and we don't have any say. We don't have any power, um, to impact the financial markets of the world. Useless. Because commodities are being tra traded in some other currency. American citizens have no idea how good they have it because global commodities are traded in dollars. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, they don't have to be. They don't have to be. Uh, you know, they can be traded in yen or rubles. Right. If, if those countries somehow, we have the benefit of, of that um of that title of being the currency of the world because of the financial stability that we have bred over the decades you it would not happen if it weren't for the th you know um you know the 19th century and the 20th century and our ability to show that our economy is strong enough and the, and is one of the as the strongest economy on earth that that dollar is always going to be safe. And hmm. you can get to a point where if people don't think that dollar is safe, they can unload it. And if they do, bad things happen. Hmm. Bad things happen. Very interesting. I heard someone interesting, a very interesting thing that I heard the other day, and I'm not sure what to think about this, is <laughs> as you, we owe China shit tons of money. Yes, we do. Okay. Um, it is looking more and more like China knew um, that COVID-19 came from there. I know. Mm. Uh, Fauci and all of his Nazi tyrant oh God, here we go. lab coat yes, bastards. Fauci. So um, all of the lab coat bastards who, who in the beginning lied to us because it wasn't palatable uh 
for people to think that a, you know, epidemic uh, scale virus was intentionally or even accidentally let out of China. They've done us no good. If we could prove that China knew or played a role in the release of COVID, imagine the legal consequences of it. You could actually sit there and mm. say, you know what? Yeah, I know I owe you a trillion dollars, but we're going to call it a settlement and call see you it later. Even. <laughs> we're going to call it even. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe. serious. I mean, that maybe. is that is something that is, you know, being talked about in in dark corners around the economic world that that China bears responsibility. And mm. if it, it's no different than if, you know, we irradiate uh, uh, irradiated somebody's atmosphere with, you know, blowing up nukes or something in the, in their country, it's it's the same thing. And it's actually. Nations that have sued other nations many, many times, believe it or not. And, you know, there's a case to be made for that. It's being talked about. Hmm. Uh, I guess we'll have to see how that unfolds. We'll have to see how that unfolds. I don't think that's going to unfold. I mean, no. China's sketchy and snaky. China. So. They're like snakes. Interestingly enough, a a, a story was just out yesterday that um, Chinese... Chinese officials accidentally leaked comments about how to deal with Russia in their media. And China deal with Russia in yes. their media. So what they're so do they do they not want the people of China to know about Russia? No. They don't want the people of China to think that Russia's mean and evil. Oh. They want the <laughs> they want the, the, the news outlets of China to speak favorably, that's a quote from from the Chinese Communist Party official. That they that that media outlets should speak moderately favorably about, about Russia. Russia. Correct, and that is because what that, the heck? They're weird. No, it makes complete sense because China, more than anything else in the world, wants to wants to take over Taiwan. They think it's theirs. They believe it's theirs. They've said it's theirs for, again, decades. Right. They have they have discussed for decades. They have absolutely there is nothing um, secret about it. They want to take Taiwan, period. So, by moderately speaking of Russia's invasion favorably, um, Russia would owe them the same favor. Right. And and they would. Uh, Russia would be supportive of of Chinese uh, of the Chinese government taking over and invading Taiwan. And like, you know, well, what do we have to do in Taiwan? Well, Taiwan makes almost all the microchips in the world. I mean, it's just a little side note. Oh my God, the world's gonna go to shit. It's just a little side note. I mean, we all like our phones. These kind of conversations are very enlightening, but also very depressing. I'm sorry. I know. No, no, I n- it's not your fault. I'm not saying it's you. It's just that, like, like the reality of foreign affairs is very shaky, very rocky, and very, like, oh, I can pull this trigger. Oh, I can pull this trigger. Oh, 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 oh. Don't test me. Don't test me. Don't, uh, uh, uh. You know? And no, I just I, feel I like that's I, so fucking crazy. It's crazy, Lynn. I, you know. Because, like, I'm definitely in the position of auntie, your wife, being, like, 
what the fuck? It's 2022. Like everything should just be peace, love and happiness. Peace, love and happiness because like we've we've made our borders. It's been, you know, whatever. But like like you said, everyone's just standing by the doomsday button like who's going to press it? Mm-hmm. Who's gonna press it? And like that's they thought, a, Ronald very Reagan. Very stressful. They thought. Here is a great case, and and I'm gonna wrap it up with, uh, with this. The best case for how to deal with a, uh, with a bully and a tyrant like Russia is to look back at the Soviet Union. Post 1991, uh, into the 80s, they were exactly the same. It was a communist-led nation nation that used brutal force to uh, to keep their population in line they used propaganda misinformation and complete uh, and complete tyranny to to run a nation into the ground and their people were very unhappy but the russia propaganda was that you know you're unhappy because of america you're unhappy because we have to defend ourselves against America. We have bread lines because we have to defend ourselves against America. You don't have toilet paper because we have to defend ourselves against America. And mm. anybody who, who spoke up and was like, you know, I think the bread's gone because you mowed over the farmers. Anybody who said anything like that, which was true, <laughs> just disappeared. Just disappeared. Bye-bye. See you later. Tear it up. Tarmac. Gone. Damn. They gone gone and that's how the tyrants. that's how tyrants, tyrants that's how tyrants work tyrants that's by controlling just, by controlling the political narrative i just don't understand how speech. these sociopaths and psychopaths like end up being in charge you know what i mean like i understand it because they manipulate their way to the top and they fuck with everybody just get they don't give a fuck about anybody else that's why they're at the top hmm. but it, it just like it, it it scares me because you don't have empaths sitting in the right seats you don't have the people that actually care sitting in the right seats and making all the shit you have the people that are like money 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 like it's a bunch of mr krabs <laughs> like every like america's spongebob russia's it's, mr it's, krabs it's power it's not just money <laughs> yes it's money and you know a lot it's of people don't yeah, know that power money greed putin all that is one of bullshit. the putin is one of the richest individuals on earth yeah, because he's crazy. They don't even know how much money he has. But that's the thing is like nobody blinks so, an eye at that. Everyone's like, yeah, Putin's rich. Yeah, they don't understand. Duh. Yeah, how, how'd and you I get, just like, how'd you get just, that rich? Yeah, you how'd you get that rich? Because you you're a fucked up fucking dude. That's yeah, why. That's why. And that just that just boggles my mind. I know it's like a whole like another psychological conversation, but it's just like the people that are bullies and the people that are assholes doesn't they don't care who they plow through no to get to the top and they never have and that's but but then again that's why they get to the top because they don't give a fuck but why are it's just it's just weird it's just why i want to know why i want to pick everybody's so, brain and i'm going to i'm going to just plant um an interesting seed Please before plant. we bail out yeah so one of the things that sets america apart from Russia and other places, Middle East, where there's warlords and tyrants and dictators, is that little word freedom. Freedom! We literally are the only nation on earth that was conceived in the idea that the power belongs with the people. 
So when I get all bent out of shape because some doctor in a lab coat, the fucking lab coat bastard. Oh, my God. That's what I'm going to call him from now on, Dr. Bastard. Um, <laughs> when people like Dr. Bastard are given the ability to run our lives and make our decisions, and we lose that freedom, people who think that that's the, a small thing, uh, it's, all for the good of, it's all for the public good, we're just going to give up our right to make our own decisions because of the, it's all for the public good. That has been the excuse of every goddamn tyrant ever. That has been the excuse of Castro in Cuba. That was the excuse of, of Hitler in Germany. It's the excuse of Rutland, uh, uh, Putin in China. Rutland. Yeah. Uh, uh, Put- Vermont, poor uh, Rutland, Putin, Vermont. Yeah. Uh, uh, Putin in Russia and, and, and Pol Pot in China. They are all the same. We're, we're going to do this. It's all for the people. That is a complete lie. It's for themselves. The only thing that people can do for the people is for themselves. And anytime you give over that freedom to uh, to some other body, uh, I'm sorry, but you've given away you've given away your your existence. You've given away all of the things that make us prosperous. Interesting. That's that's my philosophy. Because I'm sorry, but tyrants do not succeed in America. They don't. And I mean, you could argue about that. We've had tyrannical presidents. FDR was a fucking tyrant. Mm. Uh, you, you could say that Trump was a tyrant. But what you can't say is that he won an election, right? So there was a means to remove TRM. Just like there's going to be a means to remove Joe Biden because he's so fucking incompetent. Yeah, he was pretty. We still have some degree of a constitution left. Uh, and and every time a little slice of it's taken away, it kills me. And it kills people who think about things like that, like me. Because those little things matter. You don't think that putting a mask on your face has something to do with the price of gas, right? And I get that. They are about as far from each other as you could conceive. Except that everything that revolves around economic and personal prosperity revolves around the fact that we are free to grow that free to do that we don't have to ask the government permission to make an iphone we just do it and when the government steps in when the government steps in and says you can't do that why because they say so because they know more than we do the his- history is just full of instances where the government doesn't know shit compared to its people. Farmers know how to grow food. Doctors know how to do doctor shit. Mechanics know how to fix shit. You can't have doctors telling farmers and mechanics how to do shit. You cannot. It mm. does not work. That's been my argument all along. At any rate, that's why we're at war. That- that's why Russia's at war with Ukraine, because they can. Because they can. Yeah. And Putin's a... And Putin's a douche. You want to add anything to this week's show, honey? I don't know. I'm very like I feel like I've just been I've been a sponge these past two episodes. I feel like I've just been absorbing. I will I will admit the fact that you've allowed me to express my inner philosophies. Oh, my gosh. I love learning about your inner philosophies. I just like I don't feel like learning. I don't feel like I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy. And there are some places where I see where where your motivations lie. And I may or may not like have those same motivations but you're a virgo and you come from a very logical step by step 
by step by step mm. by step mm. and it just it, and to me it's it's interesting to listen to those steps and the simplicity that you put into it because i, I i'm just very interested and i like to learn and here's the thing you don't you know um I, I loved, I was a lover of history before I knew shit about politics. Mm-hmm. And it, it's because of my knowledge of history and my interest in history that gives me the, you know, political philosophies right. and, and ideology that I have. And I, I think that, um, you know, we should probably, well, I'd love to have just a history episode someday. That'd be fun. And... And just talk about, you know, how we got to where we are and, and play things, you know, that we disagree with on history for sure. I just I just think that it's like the more like I say this almost every episode, but the more that I learn about what other people think, the more I feel like I learn about what I think. Me because too. even like even if I sit here and I listen to you rant about something that I totally don't agree on. I either learn that I'm more firm in my idea for X, Y, Z reason, or I learn that, you know, maybe I will open this chest and explore the treasure inside. I can tell you that, that you have time that you have made me uh, consider things that I, I, I had not otherwise. No, considered. same. I like, like I said, like this and, whole and, thing about oil and about like the dams and stuff like that. And like I think it's these something are the, that these I are the consider. conversations that, that lefties and righties, need to have in a friendly way without wanting to kill each other and you know i'd like to think that one of the one of the reasons why we get along as well as we do and are able to have these conversations is because you know like okay i'm a trump supporter but i'm not gonna freak out if you hate him you know what i mean (laughs) i hate the guy yeah whatever you know yeah you you love barack obama i love that man and I think he was a racist. Okay. I don't hate you because you love him. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. I don't hate you because you like Trump economically. Hey, there's there's more than just economics, but I thank well, you. But, yes, you know, I but, but like you know saying. what I'm saying because you've so you've told me on more than one occasion you think the man's an asshole. I do. So I know, like you know what I mean. But I mean, I, he's our asshole. <laughs> no, he's your asshole. <laughs> you can keep him. I will take. Barack's asshole. Okay, and, and you can, you can. I'm just gonna quit with that. <laughs> no, and I, yeah, I just, I feel like as I've grown up too, because like, if I was in high school right now, we would not be able to have this conversation. Like, if I was 17 right now, oh no, I would be like, <laughs> like. Never would be able to have these kind of conversations. <laughs> I'd be like Tasmanian devil. Like Churchill said, when you're 20, if you're 20 and you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. And if you're 40 and you're not conservative, you don't have a brain. I think it's a very interesting statement. It is. So when I meet 40-year-old liberals, it makes me want to shave my head. Oh, my gosh. I think that's <laughs> a little dramatic. <laughs> All right. I love you. Thanks for listening, everybody. And, and thank next you week, so much. no, I'm calling it now. Next week, I want to talk about the flag. Okay. I want it. That's what we're talking about. Like who made it? Where'd no, it I want to. I just want to talk about like, like cotton it's, versus it's sim- polyester. <laughs> Shut up. I want to talk about it's like symbolism. Okay. And all that fucking jazz. Let's do it. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. We Appreciate value it. your clicks and your likes and your shares. And so your comments. Please continue. As long as they're not bad no. comments. No. <laughs> bring no. on the bad bring it comments. On. All right. Peace, all right. love, and happiness. Yeah. All. Bye, everybody. Take care. Ciao. See you later.